Welcome to the End Zone Militia here live at LC Tiger Sports Live Studios. Brought to you by Swanton Welding, providing welding and fabrication services since 1956. Swanton Welding is not just a fabricator, they are a partner in the success of your, of your fabrication services. And also, Three Chord Studios with Shane Hollenball. Just remember that you can sign it, screen it, sew it, and print it. Absolutely. I'm your host, Isaiah Margo, with my co-host, Phil Snow, the stats guy. I'm the snowman, and just remember that stats are cool. Indeed they are. So, Phil, we have some very eventful uh, sports going on over the weekend and during throughout the week. Yeah, this was a big, this was a big week for uh, all the uh, local high school sports. We had league bowling contests going on this week. We had state duels in the wrestling tournaments. We had girls winding down their regular season getting to start the tournament next week and we also have boys now that are starting to wind down their schedule as well so a lot of sp uh, a lot of winter sports starting to come to an end and uh, seasons are starting to wind down and honestly i it's it, it's it's crazy to think about uh, you know I, we're we're sitting here right now it's 50 degrees outside i swear it's spring and yeah, we should and be baseball. playing baseball yeah, but baseball season on the horizon and that tells you that the best part of basketball is uh, upon on us. On the way, yeah, it's absolutely. On upon absolutely. Us. So uh, let's go jumping into bowling uh, presented by Pro Day Performance. Training with Jordan Berdu and Dorian Hooker and schedule your training services of today. Uh, first, we're going to go with the bowling here of the NWAL Conference uh, Tournament. Uh, first with the boys, uh, seventh place came – in seventh, Evergreen, the Vikes of Evergreen. In sixth was Swanton. Uh, five was the Hamler Patriots. Uh, then <laughs> in fourth, the Pike Delta, or Delta, obviously, but obviously Pike Delta York. Still can't figure that. Still to this day, we'll never figure that. Why out. do they call that? I don't know. Pike Delta is that is that into a. Is that the uh, uh, really? the count not counties but townships? The okay. Townships. Oh, okay. okay. Really? Wow. I did not know that. Holy crap. You learn something new every day, huh? Absolutely. Every day. That's why we got these guys in the booth with us yes. here. We they, they keep us on schedule and tell Shout us the stuff that we, know, that we don't know. Shut I did not know that. So Pike, Delta, York, three townships combined to form. All right, cool. Makes sense. Shout out to Mark There's Bly. There's the history lesson for today, I His, History lesson with Mark Bly, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, and third, the Brian Gold. Bears. And I tell you what, we talked about Brian sneaking up on some teams. They had a good match for the NWO title game and uh, were able to find a way into third place. But we said they like to get you on the edge a little bit. They like to, they're those teams that like to be spoilers. Mm -hmm. Had some good quality frames. Just couldn't put it together there at the end to, to, to get yeah. over the hump uh, there. Brian had in game one, 909. Uh, game two was 938. Game three, 893. And their first Baker game was 179. Their second one was 203. Then a 209. Correction, 189. Uh, and their fourth Baker game be 137. And the fifth one was 201, which added up to a grand total of 3,649. So, and it's crazy because. The way that the NWAL tournament is set up is different from the way that they do their league matches mm -hmm. throughout the year. So normally throughout the year, it's you play one match, you play a second match, and then you play the three Bakers games. I believe in the NWAL tournament, they played three regular games yep. and four 
Baker games. So there is a five Baker games. So there is an extended amount of those regular games. So those girls have a chance, or girls, boys, whatever it is, have a chance to get that higher pin, uh, higher pin count mm -hmm. in that extra game. And then you throw in two extra Baker games on top of that. So I like the idea of having five Baker games. You know, we've talked about this on our show. That's more of the strategic side of bowling, mm -hmm. um, you know, looking at uh, strictly for the boys' side of things, you know, when you want your best bowler last, so say Landon Amstutz, you know, who I would consider one of our top bowlers, yep. he's struggling. Mm -hmm. So let's put somebody else back there who's had a good day on the lanes or something like that. So that's where I like the Baker games. I like the strategy. Uh, you know, we had Coach Shaddy on a couple weeks ago. George and he had, Kittle. Yeah, George <laughs> Kittle on a couple <laughs> weeks ago. And uh, he had talked about, you know, some of the things that he does along the Baker games, hey, if somebody's hot, let's put them on the back. You know, obviously you have your anchor bowler. You know, I think Landon Amstutz has kind of led the way for Liberty Center most of the year. Him and Tim Bland have had really fantastic seasons for both of those uh, young men. But that's why I like the Baker games. It's a little bit more str strategy. You know that every ball is just that much more important. And I think that's where Liberty Center really took the reins and the boy side of things. The Baker games are really where they succeeded in. And uh, you'll obviously cover those in just a second. Absolutely. In second, we had the Wauseon Indians in game one. They had 929. And this game two, 1002. Uh, game three was a 931. And their first Baker game was a 161. So out of the top three, they had the least pins in the first Baker game. And Baker game number two, 248, and game three, one. Oh, you said Wasion shot a 248 in their second Baker game. Correct. That – what Coach Shaddy said a couple weeks ago that anywhere above 150 was a plus. If you could get into the 170 range, that's tough to beat. 240 for the Lady Eight. Indians. 48. That's, that's the impressive men. stuff. Men. The men. The men, oh, the men. still, I mean, still, yeah. holy smile. I mean, that's, impre that's impressive. I mean, 248 in a Baker game, you get two frames, you got to make them each count. Yeah, and that, they, they, made it, they made it count That's there. impressive. And Baker game number three, 135, and the fourth one, 192, and the, to finish it all off with a 172 with a grand total of 3,770 total pins. For the boys' side, for that the was second place, correct? Boston yes, second, second, place, cool. second place for the boys and, of the Indians. And just to show you, you know, you read there, you say, hey, the second Baker game, they get 248. And then you look at the fourth Baker game where they shot the 135. And that's where I think the strategy, you know, kind of plays. In. Yeah. You know, hey, hey, let we saw that they bowled, you know, kind of a lower Baker game total. Mm -hmm. Let's see if we can get some pin count back up with putting our anchor in there. You know, because when you put the anchor in there, they get the 10th frame. So they have the ability to possibly get three strike balls. Mm-hmm. It's crucial in those situations, so that's why I love the Baker games. Absolutely. And in first place, your 2023? 22? Your 2022 NWOL champions, of course, the Liberty Center Tigers. And it's a three-peat, sir. And uh, shout-out to Mark Bly with another uh, Yeah, let's, let's give a round of applause uh, for the NWOL three-peat. <laughs> Yeah, so a three-peat to the the men. Uh, game one, they ha they bowled 1,035, Phil, in the first frame. In the second frame, uh, game two, 1,087. And then in game three, they bowled at 989. That... <laughs> 
<laughs> that was for the boys? Yes, okay. that was their first three games there. In the Baker games here, in the first in the first Baker game, they bowled a 279. In the second Baker game, they bowled 209. In the third one, 179, which was their lowest. Uh, Baker game number four, 236. And in Baker game number five, 188, which came out with a grand total of 4,202. So absolutely slaughtering uh, the opposition uh, throughout that game. Yeah, it, it really was a dominating win for Liberty Center. Uh, just a couple of notes to mention here. Um, with the NWOAL tournament, they take the highest uh, – for the three games that are bold, they take the highest individual scores, 1 through 15, and that is how the first-team all-league, second-team all-league, that is how that stuff is determined. Mm-hmm. So for our boys, we had three – count them – one, two, three – First team all league bowlers and Landon Amstutz, Tim Blanton, and Jacob Sexton, all first team all NWOAL bowlers. Just and another uh, point here Wes Wilhelm, uh, you know, a freshman. You know, I've talked about him. We've talked about him on the show throughout the year. Uh, you know, a, a dual sport athlete. Uh, you know, the freshman. They won the uh, NWAL tournament for basketball. He's on that squad. You know, a fun group of kids to watch uh, mm-hmm. as far as that goes. But then let's turn the table. You know, he comes back and bowls. Uh, you know, they had a bowl. Uh, the game was at 11 o'clock on Saturday morning for the freshman boys team. Mm-hmm. He plays in that, goes to, <laughs> goes to league and bowling at Swanton and does a nice job in bowling in Swanton to be able to finish second team all league. Uh, and then uh, uh, Cody McDougal was a uh, honorable mention league bowler for Liberty Center. So all uh, you know all the bowlers there just terrific bowling seasons and you know them winning first in the league obviously uh, is uh, is you know no question of this and then also want to mention uh, the NWOL head coach of the year Bruce Engler from the Liberty Center Tigers uh, and this was his second uh, consecutive uh, NWAL Coach of the Year. So uh, a lot of good things happening for our boys' bowling team and our girls' bowling team, which girls will get to momentarily. But, yep. you know, the boys – and I talked to Landon uh, Amstutz a little bit, and he said it was going to be it was going to be Wassion that was going to give him the challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, they went in there with a chip on their shoulders, and they completely Denial. wrecked the Denial. field. I mean, it was not close no. in retrospect of between those two games. And, you know, kudos to Coach Engler and – and uh, we'll try to get him on here next week a little bit before their mm-hmm. district bowling tournament. So uh, congratulations to the boys team once again on their NWAL first place finish. Absolutely. And now we're going to head on over to the uh, to the girls conference uh, conference tournament. Uh, brought to you by with jo- our man, Mr. Field Goal himself, Josh Martin. Uh, in fifth place, we had the Hamler Patriots. In fourth, Pike Delta York. And third, again, the Bryant Golden Bears. Uh, in game one, they bowled at 750. Game two, 760. And then game three, a 762. So, Phil, they increased their count as they went there. Yeah, and, you know, that's what the girls do. They they uh, they start out a little bit slow. We've seen that. They start out a little mm-hmm. bit slow in tournaments, and then they really turn it on in the second and third game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I just want to put out a individual note, I think, 
uh, AJ Seedorf for the uh, girls team bowled like a 214, 250 in that first game. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think that really sets the tone when you can bowl those good games there to start and really get ahead on those pin counts. I think that puts a lot of pressure on the other teams. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, you know, we only we're, we're 30 pins down. Yes, there's a lot of bowling left, but I think that really puts some pressure on those teams uh, to be able to make sure, you know, hey, we really got to hit our marks. And, uh, you know, I think Liberty Center did a really nice job of that. Unfortunately, uh, you know, Wasion, they had three girls that shot over 200 games in their three games. Mm-hmm. Um, once again, we talk about the Kimberly Yoakum girl. She is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, bowled, I think, over three games of, of over 200 scores. So uh, she's just an all-around bowler. And, uh, you know, congrats to the Wasion ladies team on winning that one. Absolutely. And now uh, we head on to the Baker games for the Golden Bears. Uh, in Baker game one, they got a 155. In game two, a 181. In game three, a 186. Game four, a 151. And in the, in the, the end, a 168, which ended up with a grand total of 3,113 uh, po- uh, pins, points, whatever you want to call it, uh, for the Golden Bears. In second place, we had the, the Liberty Center Tigers in game one with an 871. Game two, a 729. And an 807 to finish off in game three. In the Baker games, uh, game one uh, and two got a 200, a 178, then a 130, 139, and a 162, and that ended out with a 3,216 uh, count for the Tigers. And um, number one, and uh, Coach Kittle told us multiple times now that um, that that Wasion was the team to beat, and it shows here obviously in game one, Phil. 1,003 in the first game. And I and I think that's uh, the average for girls is about 800 to 900. So if you're getting 1,000 pins uh, in that first game, kind of like we just talked about, you know, I think that really gets you set up for the uh, second and third games that are going on. Absolutely. There. And then go to game two, it kept, the throttle stayed stayed on and got an 870. And then at the end, uh, almost cracking 1,000 again. At a 994 in game three. And if you look at the individual scores on those Wasion girls, I think there were three Wasion girls that were uh, top five uh, in the individual scoring column uh, on, for the NWL tournament. And that's that's kudos to those girls. They've worked hard. You know, Absolutely. as a team last year, they struggled a little a little bit. Um, you know, the Yoakum girl was kind of the, the anchor there, like I said. Last episode, you know, she was down at state as an individual qualifier. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think as a sophomore, she kind of leads that group uh, by her example with the way that she bowls, and the team just kind of followed along, and they they had a really good day on Saturday. Absolutely. And then we go on to the uh, Baker games, and the and the Indians in their first game was a 152. So so the Lady Tigers did come out in the first Baker game as the top team, uh, starting off in the first Baker game. And then Wasion came in with a 180, a 191, crack, almost cracking 200. Only nine, only nine pins away from that one. Uh, then Baker four, uh, one, uh, 165. And then the finish off with a 190, which a grand total of 3,745 pins, points, you know. Pins. Pins, you know. Numbers, words. <laughs> Numbers, <laughs> words. Yeah, you you know, you know. So, yeah, so Phil, uh, obviously Coach Kittle told us that the uh, Wasion was the team to beat, and um, obviously they brought they did what they did that they've been doing all year, so. 
Yeah, you know, and and that's uh, kudos to Wasion. You know, they uh, they they've bowled really well all season. Haven't had a league loss all year. Um, you know, and you know, kudos to them for being able to win that. You know, like we said, Kimberly Yoakum's kind of been the lead of their crew. Uh, she's she bowled a fantastic NWA meet. She gets first team all NWAL. Mm-hmm. Uh, other Tigers earning uh, NWAL honors. Madison Amstutz was first team all league. Second team all league went to Ari Smith, or excuse me, let's change that up. First team was Ari Smith, and second team was Madison Amstutz. Other Tigers receiving league honors were A.J. Seedorf, Delaney Crew, and Hannah Roth, all receiving honorable mentions. And I think that's important to note because, you know, Coach Shaddy had talked about that he had had some girls that didn't have a lot of bowling experience, and Mm -hmm. Delaney Crew is one of them. And to see her make the honorable mention list – you know, I think that speaks volumes. Yeah, exa- exactly. So I think that speaks volumes to her work ethic. Mm-hmm. You know, and she realized that maybe she might have been a little bit behind the eight ball with some of these other girls. You know, just speaking firsthand, AJ's my sister. You know, I know that she's been bowling her whole life. Yep. You know, and some of these girls are just coming in and starting. So I want to tip my hat to Delaney Crew. You know, a, a girl that kind of went in a little bit raw. Obviously, coaching's done well. The girls and the atmosphere of the team have mm-hmm. really brought her on board for that. And uh, to be able to make honorable mention, I I think that's really, really nice for her, especially as a first-year bowler. So good job there, Delaney. Absolutely. And Uh, congratulations, obviously, to all the other uh, Tigers who received league uh, league honors. Absolutely. So uh, we're going to jump right back to the boys real quick, and this is my fault. I forgot to mention we're going to – the top five players and the top five bowlers – Three of them were Tigers. Of the – Bowling tournament, uh, first and fifth place, Isaac Stoy, um, out of the Brian Golden Bears, uh, bowled a 224, a 193, and a 226 with a grand total of 643. Then in fourth, uh, we had Landon Amstutz, or known as Study, uh, with a 217, a 257, and a 171 with 645. Uh, in third, Brody. How do you say Let me see. Wow. 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 Oh, Brody Waugh. 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 That W-A-U is a really confusing. Yeah, I'll give you that. Brody Waugh with a 256, a 191, 207, and 654 from Delta. Uh, In second, Ryan Marks uh, with a 226, 238, and a 192 with a uh, 656 of the Wasion Indians. And in first, out of Hamler, Josh Hopes or Hoops, whatever you want to call, whatever you want to say, with a two fourteen, two fifty two, and a one ninety with six fifty six. So actually, it was a two way tie. Apparently, it appears here, and I, I don't know how the tiebreakers work on that. Yeah, I'm not I don't sure think there is. Either, I'm not one hundred percent sure. I thought it was all about pin total, but I, I could be so. wrong. Yeah, I could be wrong. Who had more strikes? Strike <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, if you're still listening to the bowling segment here, we signed the petition of have Spike Whitman broadcast at least one bowling game. Look, you can sign as many signatures <laughs> on that petition as you want. And I don't think it's going to happen. It would be pretty funny, I though. I can't fault your effort, though. I, I like the uh, persistence. I like the persistence. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> we like the persistence, but I don't know. It's hey, it's called re- what Coach Moore would say: relentless effort. <laughs> relentless effort. It, 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 it's the old phrase of if you annoy somebody enough, will they say yes? Till you stop annoying. No, I don't think. I don't, I don't think so. I don't but. think Mark's gonna crack anytime soon. <laughs> so uh, yeah, once again, uh, just a good job to all the bowlers. This weekend, uh, you know, it was, uh, like we said, t- took place at Swan. Yep. Originally, it was supposed to be at the Lenawee County Lanes. Not sure what happened there, but they moved it over to Swan. Sounds like everything went really well. I know Evergreen, uh, I just want to shout out to their staff a little bit. Um, their staff was kind of in charge mm-hmm. to make sure everything went well because it was supposed to be at, at their home, quote-unquote, their home Al- facility. Alley. So I know a lot of yep. the Evergreen Athletic Department – um, sent a lot of volunteer workers there to help with that to make sure everything went smooth. So shout out to Evergreen High School for sending those people over there to volunteer. I know that's a lot of work. Um, I was down at state. That's a lot more. So I can imagine the NWOL me is a lot of the same. Yep. A lot of kids, a lot of parents, a lot of seats, probably a lot of food orders too. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, and snacks orders. So you know, kudos to the bowling alley there in Swan. They do a fantastic job. Uh, you know, I know a couple of years ago they got new ownership and really turn things around there so kudos to all those people over there that put on a very very good NWOL league tournament for our bowlers absolutely and uh back to the girls real quick here are the top five uh in fifth AJ Seedorf with a 215 136 a 160 with a total of 511 from the Liberty Center <laughs> I know that girl <laughs> I wonder how <laughs> and fourth we had Haley Fenderspell? Am I saying that right? Haley Fenderspiel. Fenderspiel. I was close. I'll take it. Uh, With a 156, 186, and a 203 with a 545 out of the Brian Golden Bears. And what, what did they finish as a team? The Bears? Yes, for the girls' side of things. Let's see here. They finished third also. Okay, they finished so third. boys and so, girls for so both Brian both, finished third. Okay, both teams okay. finished third. Well, I know last year the the girls were kind of the team to beat. I know they lost a lot to graduation, so mm-hmm. kudos to them for being able to stick with it from losing some of the girls that they had last year to be able to compete and get third. Absolutely. And uh, the last three are all Indians from Wauseon. Uh First is Kendall Horner. Uh, with a 203, 180, and a 214 with a 597. And second, J.D. JD Ramos? Ramos. 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 With a 222, a 225, and a 170 with a 617. And then first, Kimberly Yocum. That's the chip. I'm telling you, man. Read those scores off. I think she had with 200 a, every game. With a Actually, she, she missed one. Okay. With a 248 in game one, a 193 in game two, so almost cracking 200. She missed my seven pins. Give her a break. <laughs> I know. I'm saying. <laughs> almost cracking 200. And <laughs> yeah, stats. Remember, people, stats are cool. They are, I tell you. And then in game three, with a 214, with a grand total of 655. So the top three bowlers uh, uh, from the Wauseon Indians there. Yeah, and, you know, it just goes to show how, how good of a team they've been all year. You know, like we talked about with Coach Shaddy, they were the team to beat, obviously. Um, you know, did well in the Baker games, uh, didn't buckle under the pressure. I feel like some of those games are a little bit harder for the favorite teams. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you come in there, you're you're the favorite, all the pressure's on you. Some of these other teams can just go in there and bowl 
uh, be relaxed. You know, they don't have that pressure. So uh, kudos to Watson. Obviously, I think they were the favorite going into this. This is something that we talked yep, about last absolutely. episode, Isaiah, that they were the favorite. So. Coach Kittle, he did say that Watson was the team to beat there. Uh, so, you know, uh, kudos to both boys and girls squad. Once again, before we go move on, uh, the Liberty Center boys bowling team finishes first in the NWL league, uh, and they will move on to this regionals or districts first. Districts uh, will be on Friday um, at 10 o'clock, so uh, they will be bowling in that. I don't. Uh, we'll get you the girls' time. I th- it's probably around the same time. I would say Thursday at 10 o'clock. So, uh, and that's going to be at Napoleon River City Bowl away. So, uh, very both nice of those teams. Huh? A very nice bowling alley. Um, yeah, they they do an Solid excellent place. job there. Um, you know, obviously, I'm a little bit biased because we've had our LC Tiger Sports Live crew in there and mm-hmm. done some broadcasting in there. Uh, I know Randy personally. I used to bowl on leagues back when I was just a young gun. Mm-hmm. So uh, I know Randy very well. His whole family, just a great family. Uh, Randy Schweiger, uh, Pauly, uh used to work there all the time. And I just remember, you know, before we move on, I, I'll give you this memory. Him always running as fast as he could. He would hop over the stand there where the shoes were and run as fast as he could down the thing and uh, get back there and fix all the stuff over there. So uh, River City does just second to none, really, in my opinion. So. Absolutely. So let's uh, jump on over to wrestling. The wrestlers. Wrestlers. Also pre- uh, presented by Pro Day Performance with Jordan Verdue and Dorian Hooker and Mr. Field Goal himself, Josh <laughs> Martin. It will forever he, that. Hey, I like it. I'm like, okay with it. I think like he would appreciate it too. Like yeah. you know, he might like yell at me a little bit, but I think he'll appreciate it too. Okay, so our Tigers first they lost. Uh, they lose in the first round duel with Legacy Christian, losing 38-33. And close match. Very close match indeed. And then um, the Tigers went on to play. Uh, my bad. Wrestle against Martin's Ferry. And came behind and came back with a Lucas Fuentes and a Owen Box pins, back-to-back pins there. To be able to, to get to, them uh, to win, yeah. To, to get the win there. And also wins come from Tamarine, uh, Matthews, Massing, uh, Bartels, and Berkstead, and also Myers uh, to pick up, the re- pick up the comeback win with a 35-30 victory to advance in the consolation bracket. Yeah, and, you know, this was the same bracket. We were putting the same bracket with Archbold. Uh, they were on the top half of the bracket, so we knew if we were going to see them, we were going to see them in the uh, in the finals. Uh, you know, Liberty Center did a nice job uh, to be able to come back against that team. Uh, you know, Martins Ferry, uh, they were listed as the eight seed going into that. Liberty Center was the five seed going into that matchup. Uh, you know, just uh, a good job there by the, by the Tigers to come back in that effort. Uh, you know, one of a couple of matches that were decided on the uh, on uh, the final match. Uh, I know Archibald uh, State Dual Champions because of Carson Dominic. Um, you know, I don't know if you had a lot of the Archibald information on there, but this is yeah, something I would like to much. point out. Uh, obviously, um, Archibald has been a solid wrestling team all year, uh, but I think they really kind of came out into their own here in this in this tournament and. Uh, to win the state title, uh, Carson Dominic, a kid who's listed at 245 pounds, mm-hmm. wrestled in the 285 heavyweight match. Holy! And they needed six points, and he, he got the pin for the state title. And that right there, or the state dual title, huh? I'm not sure what the actual definition of it's called, but that right there um, is why I love high school sports as much as I do. 
you know, that was all about pride. You know, think about Carson Dominic, a very decorated running back, mm-hmm. uh, led the league in rushing this season, led the area in rushing this season. And offensive player of the year in the league. And offensive player in the year in the league comes in, hasn't wrestled in a few years, uh, wrestled up until he was in the sixth or seventh grade, took a couple of years off, decided, hey, maybe it wasn't what he, he came back. To wrestle up 30-plus pounds and to be able to come away with a pin victory to give Archibald the championship is unbelievable. And I really think that that's what the epitome mm-hmm. of high school sports is all about, Absolutely. that. And it was a great team win. I know Wasion also did very well wrestling on the mats. Liberty Center, I, I, fifth or sixth, I think, um, you, know, you know, played really good teams, came yeah. from behind and won. This you know, is a very – remember, though, this was a very young Liberty Center squad. So there, the potential is there, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of good things to come to the future. Yeah, and, and you know, Wasion, they wrestle at the state duels. Uh, they had a matchup with Napoleon earlier in the week mm-hmm. to get to that state duels, and they were able to defeat Napoleon. And we've talked about several times how good Napoleon has been on the mats all season long, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Coming up against a very good Wasion team who we've talked about, I think was the favorite in the area for most of the year. Mm-hmm. You know, just 10 out of 11, I think we talked about their last match. They won 10 out of 11 of the matchups there yep. uh, in their respective weight classes to be able to come away with those victories. So Wasion, I think, is probably the premier uh, in this team. league. So to be able to see the success that we had in the NWOAL is fantastic. Liberty Center obviously placing fifth or sixth. I, I think they wrestled for sales. Uh, in order to get to that yes. point. Then you look at Wasion, who wrestled very well. Um, let me look real quick who they defeated. Uh, they they fell in the state dual semifinals to Graham, 43-13, to and they played in the third and fourth place match against Louisville. I don't have the exact numbers about who won that match, but – and that just shows you about how tough it is to win at the state duels because mm-hmm. Liberty – or not Liberty Center, I'm sorry. Wasion has dominated the area very much. Yes. Uh, and then for them to lose 43-13 to 13 to, uh, you know, a very good Graham wrestling school, they are a good wrestling program. Yes. But I think that just shows you how tough it is to win yeah, at with, that level yeah, and how with, tough with it is Wasion, to place. Wasion has, like you said, they've been dominant in the wrestling realm for a very long – for a good long time. And I believe – didn't they? I didn't they win eight straight league titles in a row? Eight, I think nine? Coach Westoven said it's been a couple in a row. I don't. I don't know exactly the know they, the I, right numbers, I, but I remember. I think Wazion has won a ton in a row. I, I, because I've seen at some of the uh, some of the games I've gone to this year when at Wazion, I've seen I think a lot of a good amount of T-shirts saying like eight-time NWAL champions or something like that, back to back to back to back or something like that. So I could be wrong, but I do know they have a ton of league titles under their belt over a lot the last of success, a lot of success over the last several years. Yes, so. absolutely. So kudos to all those wrestling programs. Oh, Obviously, a lot we, of stuff going and on. So. As we speak, I believe our Lady Tigers are wrestling up Port Clinton today. Oh, okay. So. so um, and I know there was a girl from Napoleon, I think, that won her weight class. So uh, even the the lady wrestling around the area, excuse me, has obviously improved quite a bit. So Absolutely, yeah. Love to see it. Yeah, so uh, we're on to our basketball now. First, 
we shall we get to our preview, Mr. Snow? No, we'll we'll, we'll do uh, we'll do boys, then we'll do girls, then we'll do our girls. Preview, All right. So. All right. Let's we let's roll right into the boys basketball section. presented by Meyer Bain and Hop Insurance and Phil. You got the show. You got the showroom, dude. It has been a week in boys basketball. Um, on the girls' side of things, we had a couple of titles. This is why I love down the end of the stretch. It's battle for the league titles. It's it's battle for those those Seeds, uh, for the, the seeding. Well, the seedings already happened, but battle yeah. for the um, the rivalries, yes. if you will, and not even necessarily maybe the league rivalries, but. You have those in-county rivalries maybe that are not technically in your league. Yep. You know, so like maybe like a Liberty Center Holgate would be an example or, or a Liberty, Liberty Center, Center Napoleon. Napoleon Napoleon would be a good example. Uh, so we had a lot of those games going on. Let's jump right into games from 2-7. Uh, Delta defeats Otsego 62-49. to Delta, a very good boys basketball team this year. You know, a team that was picked probably a little bit lower in the league that a lot of people had imagine their shooting has been outstanding all year uh you know I know the Rupal kid has been very good this season controlling the thing controlling the tempo and just kind of settling them down and getting to the offense uh they lost a very very heartbreaker on Friday which we'll get to uh but you know Delta a team that I would not want to see in the boys tournament action uh their ability to shoot the basketball really stymies uh stymies people's you know, thought process about defense. Hey, we want to take away the three-pointer. Well, Delta does that very well. They shoot the three so well that it's hard to take it away. And then when you take away the three-pointer from Delta, they have a lot of good athletes that can get to the basket and make that extra pass. Delta's a tough team, especially coming down the line here. I would not want to play Delta in the tournament if I was anybody else. Obviously, we'll go we'll go over the boys' preview next week mm-hmm. on our episode. But uh, a, a team that I would not want to see in the tournament the Delta Panthers. Absolutely. Liberty Center defeats Lake. Uh, Lake coming into the game with just one win. Liberty Center after a they very – They only one win. They were 1-17. Um, Liberty Center with a very, very big win last Saturday on at home uh, against the number five team in Division Three against Liberty Benton. And, uh, you know, Liberty Center did a very nice job coming uh, – uh, overcoming a very bad first quarter. We're able to get a hold of that game a little bit. Keep it close, keep it close, keep it close. And then in the fourth quarter, I think you really saw Liberty Benton was playing six while Liberty Center was playing ten. And I think that really showed up. Absolutely. Absolutely, Isaiah. I think that really showed up in the fourth quarter, which was a big win for Liberty. And I think it's easy to be complacent after one of those wins, Mm -hmm. you know, to be confident. Ah, you know, start, start, you know, eh, well, this is good. And we didn't do that. Uh, despite the fact that Lake only had one win, you still have to go out there and you still have to win. You yes, still have to go absolutely. play the game. And that's why we play it on the floor and not on paper. Absolutely. And that's what we talk about. We talk about that a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like you said, we don't play the game on paper and all that. Um, obviously, like some nights you can just get the cold, you just get the cold hands and the opposing team just they they got the hot hand going, or they just they just got they just get those shots that seem that they're they're not going to go in, and they go in. It's, and that's that's all about that's that's 
what basketball is all about, really. Uh, if you got the cold hand, well, it's going to be one of those nights where you got to be start relying on your defense. And a you got to find ways. And you got to find ways to score. And then some nights you just got the hot hand going, and you just and no matter what you shoot, it you have a very high chance that it's going it's going to go in. So you just you just don't know uh, going onto the court. Like yeah, like only has one win. Obviously, we won that game, but you never know. We could have came in absolutely. Missing everything, a swamp, absolutely. And then Lake comes, and then Lake just has everything going down for him, and uh, that and that can also obviously that plays a role throughout the game. Absolutely. And uh, Liberty Center was able to hold on for a nine-point victory, sixty to fifty-one. Uh, Evergreen defeated Holgate forty-eight thirty-four. Uh, those were all games from Tuesday the seventh. Uh, uh, one more, actually a couple more. Excuse me. Um, Anthony Wayne defeats Napoleon fifty. 548 Anthony Wayne coming in off that buzzer beater win uh, over Springfield once again did a nice job uh, going on the road and defeating Napoleon in an atmosphere that was probably pretty tough big league game uh, probably a little bit of a rival there between those two teams so nice job from Anthony Wayne to not be riding high on the uh uh, the game-winning shot from a week before or a couple days before and, and really settling down and uh, defeating Napoleon 55-48, like we said. Uh, Swanton defeats Toledo Christian 60-57 to on a uh, about a 27-foot, actually it was about a 45-foot uh, three-pointer from Lucas Borojevic. Borojevic, I think that's how you say it, B-O-R-O-J-E-V-I-C-H, Borojevic. Is well, you what know, I'm going to well, say. I'm just saying, you're in I am a maestro. Do you hear that? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, well, here, well, here's the thing, though. You're knowing. You're you know you're in trouble if you have if you're going to get the guy with the, that, that type of last name. Hey, you know I'm just saying. Barochevich. Um, it was about 40 foot. Uh, they had a three quarter full court inbounds. Um, you know, I was a little bit questioned about Toledo Christian's defensive strategy. Um, I think in that sense, you want to try to get them catching the ball going away from the hoop. Uh, Barocevic was able to catch the ball going towards the basket. Uh, he he kind of drifted out to the left side a little bit to get that angle that you want. I'm not a big straightaway three guy. I don't like shooting straightaway. Uh, can I make it? Yes, but I'd rather shoot from the wing. I think it's a little bit easier of a shot personally. That's where I made my living in high school was on the wing threes. Nice job to be able to get to a spot. Hit the shot. Huge win for Swan. Huge. Uh, they've seen themselves lose on a couple buzzer beaters this year. So I think it was a really big momentum lift for the Bulldogs to be able to get this win. Uh, a Toledo Christian team that's been very good all year. Very, very. Been very good all year. So good win there for the Swanton Bulldogs. Absolutely. We'll move over to Friday 210. These are the games from Friday. Swanton defeats Brian 36-31. And, you know, we talked about Brian all year. Right yeah, there. you know, we talked about Brian all year. They've been very physical with teams. Gave Liberty Center a run a couple weeks ago. Liberty Center able to make some free throws in that game to put the, put the doors away. But mm-hmm. Brian's been very competitive all year. We talked with Coach Badenhop a couple of weeks ago, and I said – you know, they were a team that gives everybody their best effort. A team, once again, 
you know, maybe not the shooting strength or the teamwork strength that Delta has, mm-hmm. but a team I would I would not want to see these guys in the tournament. When you look at their schedule, they've played a tough schedule. They've competed in all those games. I think they have four losses that have been over 10 points. Everything else has been a close game. You look at a three-point loss to Archibald. You look at a six- or seven-point loss to the Tigers. Uh, you know, uh, bad games against Patrick Henry and Wasion, but they're a team I wouldn't want to see just because of their their nature, like we've talked about. They're the Golden Bears, and the they like to upset ba- people. Yeah, what are we call what, what should we give the them? upset specialists or something, no, man? I don't know. Bears. The, the spoiler bears. bears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Instead yeah. of the Golden Bears, bears we got the, the spoiler bears. bears. Actually, that's a good ring to it. That what actually, it? it's yeah, it's it. disturbing how much of a good ring that actually has. To it, but, <laughs> the spoiler uh, bears. Uh, anyway, um, Antwerp. Over Tenora, 61-43. Landon Brewer for the Archers with 27 points and 13 rebounds. Luke Harris for the Rams with 26 points. So that would have been a fun game to watch, both those guys uh, going back and forth. You know, Luke Harris, a guy we've talked about throughout the year, Mm -hmm. uh, a very capable shooter, uh, did a nice job there. Landon Brewer, 27 points, 13 rebounds. When you're scoring and you're getting rebounds like that, uh, you're twice as effective. So good job there by Landon Brewer to, to have a big game on both the points and the rebounds. Wayne Trace defeats GMC champion Paulding, 56-45. Brooks Lockhoff, in my opinion, if it wasn't for Colin White, would be the Div- uh, Division Three Player of the Year for Wayne Trace. Colin White buried six three-pointers on Dang. route to 33 points. Uh, this ends Paulding's seven-game winning streak. Uh, you know, they had just clinched the GMC title the, night bef- or, uh, the week before against the Tenora Rams. You know, Paulding does a nice job. You know, this is a team that Liberty Center beat on the road. Paulding struggled shooting from the floor of that game. I think Liberty Center also struggled shooting from the floor of that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just to compare similar opponents, you know, Liberty Center able to beat Paulding. Liberty Center had a hard time closing out Wayne Trace, and I think Brooks Lockoff had a lot to do with Absolutely. that. Yes, they did. So uh, Wayne Trace be able to get that win. Yeah, that's that's that goes back to what I said earlier. You don't know if you're going to come in with a hot hand or a cold hand, and like this, this played a big role. You you knocked off, they knocked off the champion, the GMC champs. Uh, Paulding was six and zero going into that game, so they finish out the GMC season six and one, and Wayne Trace will finish out the GMC season at five and two. Uh, and they moved to fourteen and six after that win. Also from Friday, Wasion defeats league rival Archibald 65-42. Elijah McLeod had six or five three-pointers, ended the game with 21 points. Uh, Wasion had three guys in double figures. Landon Hines was second, leading the way with 14 points. For Archibald, Cade Brenner with 19 points. You know, I just want to point this out. Cade, uh, you know, Cade was a, a, going to be a, a, pro, a preliminary offensive threat mm-hmm. for Archibald, but I think he had to increase his production with the injury to Alex Roth at the beginning of the season mm-hmm. for Archibald not able to play, and I think Cade kind of took that a little bit personally and was like, hey, you know, if he's not going to be here, I'm going to have to pick up a little bit of scoring. He has had a fantastic season. Uh, you know, he's a little bit undersized, uh, maybe 
as far as strength and size go at his position, able to get in and dice around with the big guys on the drive. He can hit the three. He can hit the pull-up mid-range. And another thing I like about his game is that he may not be a point guard, but he has point guard-like tendencies. Mm -hmm. And I think that's very big for a shooting guard or somebody that is dependent on as a scorer like Cade is. Um, I saw him play twice now this season. He torched Liberty Center. He did a he had a really good game against the Tigers. Jaden Seiler did as well. But you know those two guys are what makes that go. But I thought I, I just want to give Kate, uh, Cade Brenner some kudos. You know he's only a sophomore. Uh, mm-hmm. Kind of got thrown into the gun there under football. Yes, he you did. know taking up some huge shoes to fill with an all Ohio and all state guy like. Um, DJ Newman. Newman and he came in this year and I think he had a little bit more pressure put on him with the downfall of, of Roth with the injury to Roth and I think he's had a great season he's responded really well and I, I just wanted to make that point so uh, right. kudos to Cade Brenner Absolutely. you know Archibald moved to 10 and 10 after that loss Something um, I'm not used to hearing a lot. Yeah, you know, they and, and I think that has a lot to do with the Roth injury. You know, Alex Roth is a guy that was going to settle their offense down. They've had some times where they've gotten into some bad turnovers that I think probably don't happen with the Roth kid in there because he's the guy that kind of settles everything down. Mm-hmm. You know, Cade and Jaden Seiler have kind of, you know, split that role a little bit with that injury, but... You know, I think that really, really made a big difference not having that guy back. They thought maybe Alex would come back a little bit halfway through the season. Unfortunately, his injury kept him out all year. Yep. You know, we hate to see that. But um, Archibald has responded well. Yes, they're only 10-10. and 10, uh, But another team that when you look down the tournament trail, they have that tournament experience yep. that maybe some of the other teams don't have that are going to help them. Uh, coach Frank does an excellent job over there with those kids. Uh, he was a JV coach when I played varsity my senior year. He's been around the program. He's a blue streak guy, and I think, I think with their team, his coaching ability. Yes, they're young. Their bench is not as deep as previous years, but I think with his coaching ability and their tournament experience alone, mm-hmm. helps them down the road. Absolutely. Uh, the one thing. I noticed is that when Newman, when Newman's gone, since Newman's now gone, uh, it's kind of got to rely on a few other guys now. And, and I'm sure it feels it, weird for that because it seemed like weird. he was there for 15 years. Absolutely. I mean, he torched us for how many years? It just seems like he'd been there for so long. And yeah, and I think that's a great point. You just kind of, it's kind of one of those uh, patch it, uh, excuse me, passing the torch type scenarios. Yeah. Some kids may be ready, some kids maybe I mean, not, and that's why I wanted to give kudos to where it's, yeah, Mr. it's Mr. earned Mr. because Brenner. Cade Brenner has done a very nice Absolutely. job picking up some of that slack eventually, for the Blue Streets. Uh, eventually, the, uh, with Cade only being a sophomore, he's going to be one player you do not want to deal with coming into the next two seasons for him. Absolutely, and and that's where I think his, you know, the injury to Alex Roth, once again, I want to make this very clear, we do not wish injury on anybody, but – next man up mentality which is something that we talk about a lot around here and obviously you know he took that by the reins and he's done he's had a very nice season absolutely um southview defeats napoleon 47 44 this was a game that napoleon had in control for most of the game you know southview had a hard time hitting some of the buckets easier buckets that would have got them back into the game just really struggled hitting some of those key shots that they needed to get back into the game 
Uh, Southview went on an 11-0 run in the third quarter, which really brought them back. Uh, Napoleon had, a, I think, a 20-point lead at one point in this game. Um, they came out firing. Southview chipped away, chipped away, chipped away. And I think when you get ahead by that much, you get some pressure. When you're down by 20, there's no pressure. You just go out there and play. Mm-hmm. And Micah Bay started it all from Sylvania uh, Southview. You know, last time these two play, these two teams met, Micah Bay had 44, and they went into overtime. He had all he had the last 20 points for Southview in the fourth oh, quarter and wow. overtime combined. Micah Bay's wow. Uh, so good job by Napoleon to neutralize him. Only had 19 points. Um, unfortunately, Napoleon had some really good looks at the end of the game that just did not go. A couple of open layups that were missed. You know, you get into a situation, everything gets a little bit more, and you know, yeah, and you know, things get, yeah, and you know, Napoleon. I think they're a young team. They have some some quality seniors, mm-hmm. the Blake Wolf kid, the Andrew Absolutely. Williams kid, but uh, a lot of young talent. The uh, Caleb Stoner, Trey Rubenstein, all those guys, uh, very young. Is the that, wrestler is the, kid is the Rubenstein kid. Is he sophomore. The, is he, he is he the last Rubenstein? That I no, school? I think he has a younger brother. He's got a younger I, brother. I think he has a younger brother. Um, Playing baseball against those guys, I actually Trey. I actually played against Trey. Um, well, not played against, coached against Trey. Yep. Uh, a very good athlete, and uh, he's he's going to be a force in the next couple of years for their baseball and um, basketball program. So, uh, Andrew Williams poured in 15 points. Caden Caden Cruz, excuse me, had 14 as well. Andrew Williams with 15. Uh, Patrick Henry defeats Delta to move to 17 and three, five and one in the league. Delta moved to 16 and 4, 3 and 3 in the league, 33 to 32. Dang. A defensive slugfest. And I really want to bring you in on this because okay. when we watched Patrick Henry play Holgate, Napoleon. it was the Holgate Napoleon. Napoleon. It was the Napoleon zone that That's really threw off Patrick Henry. Absolutely. Delta had zone. to have watched some film on that game. Yeah, and I, Delta came out with the zone, and Patrick Henry really struggled in the first quarter with Delta's zone. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, the one thing is when we were at the Holiday Classic, uh, PH was on fire. Uh, they were guns blazing, and then Napoleon switched to a zone defense, and then all of a sudden, Hocus Pocus, they couldn't score. They they got no, they couldn't get anything going at all, and that's and that was one thing that I think a lot of teams are going to realize when tournament time comes around for them. Uh, I don't think the and if the Patriots can't figure anything out. Uh, when they when the tournament time comes in, they can't shoot. Uh, it's obvious they can't they cannot shoot against the zone, and if they can't figure it out when you get to tournament time because we don't, they only got a week left to get that fixed. If they don't not get if they don't get that fixed, I would not be surprised if they go one and done going into tournament play. And I think that's a big thing for them because I think Patrick Henry is probably one of the top three teams in the league Absolutely. by far. Absolutely. Um, but we've seen what that happens against his own defense. You know, Patrick Henry is a team that likes to drive and dish to get open threes. You know, Nash Meyer has been a very good three-point threat for them this year. Then you look at the guy that they bring off the bench. He's a freshman. Mac Eber, I believe is his name does a very nice job off the bench, and he knows his role. He goes in there, works hard, gets the hustle plays. My question for them is, do they have enough offense to win games to move on in the tournament? And that's my my biggest question for them. Do they have kids that can shoot? 
Yes. But in the 2-3 zone that I've seen them three games now, in the 2-3 zone that they've played against them, had played against them, has very much caused them fits because they are a team that likes to use athleticism to drive to the basket. Delta did a very nice job dropping them off. I think it was 8-4 to four at the end of the first quarter. You know, Lincoln Krieger hit a big three at the end of the first or the second quarter to, you know, give PH a little bit of momentum. When you're looking at games like 33-32, those last-second shots at the end of the quarter could just be the momentum that you need Absolutely. maybe to get that two- or three-point advantage uh, to move on. So uh, yeah, big that, win for PH there over Delta at home. Like I said, though, if they can't figure anything out by the time uh, their tournament play starts, uh, they're going to be in trouble. Absolutely. They're, they're definitely going to have to find some uh, perimeter shooting. And then our last two games from Friday – uh, you know, the biggest game of the year, in my opinion, the number five versus number seven uh, team in in the state of Ohio, uh, number five in Division Four, I believe, Defiance is, and OG Division III. Uh, Def- OG defeated Defiance 65-62 uh, to remain unbeaten in WL- WBL play. They moved to 16-3, 8-0 in the conference. Defiance falls to 16-3, 6-1 in the conference. Colin White had 30 points and the game winner with 33 seconds left. Uh, you know, Tyson McLaughlin, their head coach, uh, you know, had an interview after the game, and he told everybody it was going to Colin. That's what was happening. <laughs> everybody in the gym knew it was going to Colin. Yeah. Uh, he had had 28 points up to that point, yeah, the, the, a mid-range guru, mm-hmm. uh, and just it was one-on-one, had a nice step back, little step back, mid-range jump shot that went in. Uh, OG, that was how they took the lead. OG uh, was only up by one. OG uh, got foul uh, free throws. Theo Mag went to the free throw line, hit one of two, missed the second free throw. Got the Defiance rebound. had a chance, actually, to hit a three-pointer. Rimmed off front iron, no good. OG was able to get the rebound. Defiance had to foul. OG missed both free throws, which gave Defiance a chance to win. And OG, and, got, the re- got, and and OG, OG got, got the offensive rebound on the missed free throw, and Defiance – uh, just unfortunately unable to get yeah, anything going there, uh, so that, that's one, a huge win for the uh, for the OG Titans. Titans, yeah, that that's a massive win. You know, you're looking at Defiance. They they've they've had a great season. Uh, you know, they were uh, OG one of four from the free throw line. Like we said, two offense. They had two offensive rebounds in the last 35 seconds. Uh, OG was up 10 with just over two minutes to go. Uh, you know, when you have the guys like Caden Zacherich and Braden Shaw. Mm-hmm. Uh, Three from Zacharich, three from Shaw, driving layup by Shaw, and then all of a sudden, 35 seconds went by, and Defiance is down two. Yeah. And, and uh, that's the tenacity the one, that they that, have. The one thing, uh, my friend from Defiance, shout out to TJ Knopfinger, uh, he was watching the game and all that, and the one thing he, he said that was the most Defiance way to lose because Defiance doesn't have really, they don't really got bigs. Other and than other than Caden, Caden is a than, very good post player. Yeah, absolutely. Other than that, other than Caden, uh, they don't have any bigs, and obviously, if you don't, if you're playing small ball, you're re- you're risking of not getting many rebounds, and obviously, that kind of played a role there uh, right at the end. Uh, Defiance having a few chances, a few more chances left um, after the missed after the missed three. Uh, had two shots to really get the rebound and get a chance of um, taking, uh, forcing an overtime or possibly taking the lead uh, at the very end, uh, but couldn't get the crucial uh, rebounds that they really that they needed badly. Absolutely. 
And uh, also, I believe Zach Ridge hit his 1,000th point, I believe. No? Saturday's game. Saturday's game. Uh, oh, man. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Friday, uh, last game from Friday, Liberty Center defeats league rival Evergreen 64-55 on the road uh, to move to 12-8. and Liberty Center outscored the Vikings 20-8 to in the second quarter. Uh, you know, I was talking a little bit with the women's UT, the, the UT women's college basketball coach, their recruiting coordinator. Mm-hmm. I was talking with him a little bit this morning. We had a three-on-three tournament out there, and I was talking with him a little bit this morning. And, uh, you know, he had talked about one quarter for four games. The UT women have four losses. They've had four bad quarters, he said. And, you know, I, and I just think that that's a really good point. You know, you, you have a bad quarter, and that can really determine how things Absolutely. are going to go for yes. you the rest of the way. Uh, Evergreen did a nice job of battling back. They were able to hit a couple and ones in the fourth quarter, try to get some momentum. But Liberty Center did a really nice job to shut them down uh, to be able to win that game. Gavin Galen led the way with 25 points. He was 9 of 13 from the free throw line, uh, something that you know him and I have been working on a little bit. So he's obviously taken that to heart and done really well uh, against Liberty Benton. I think he was 9 of 14 or 9 of 16 or 11 of 16. 11 of 16, that's what it was. He was 11 of 16 in this game, 9 of 13. Uh, when you're getting that many trips to the free throw line, you're obviously on the tack and doing some good things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so good stuff there. Landon Bachelman, uh second for the Tigers with 10. Eli Kiefer for Evergreen with 17. Drew Gillen with 16 for the Vikings. Moving on to Saturday's games, we had a um, a makeup game between Defiance and Lima Bath. Defiance Lima Bath! Lima Bath! Defiance out to a 19-0 lead. Uh, 19-0 run to start the game, ended up winning 75-38. Caden Zachrich scores his 1,000th career point and ended up with 28. Braden Shaw also poured in 17 points for the Bulldogs. OG defeated Lexington. I don't know who that is. I don't know much about that school. I've heard the school name, but I don't know any knowledge from them. Um, They defeated Lexington 71-59. Seventh straight win for OG, which clinches a share automatically, at least a share of the WBL title, their second consecutive. And who is twenty? So who are they tied with? 21st overall. Dang. No, they're not tied with anybody. It's – they're, right. they're guaranteed a share. So if they lose next week, I think they have a game on Thursday. Uh, my board's over there. But You're they, fired. They have a game next Thursday or Friday. Uh-huh. If they were to lose, they would get the share with Defiance because Defiance only has one Oh, okay, lost. gotcha. But if, the, if OG wins, they would get their 21st WBL title outright. Dang. So that's a, pretty impressive. That's a, that's a very impressive stat right there. Wayne Trace defeats Lima Shawnee. The Raiders, the Raiders over Shawnee. Uh, <laughs> uh, 58-43, uh, Wayne Trace led the whole game. Brooks Lockhoff had 29 points. Uh, I just want to put this out there. So Wayne Trace had a game on Friday and Saturday. Brooks Lockhoff had 62 points in both of those games. He had 33 on Friday and 29 on Saturday. So, Dang. Uh, you know, a kid who's only a junior, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of potential for Wayne Trace over the next couple of years. Like we said, him only being a junior, 
you know, we saw him against Liberty Center. He had some really good pull-up mid-range jump shots. So uh, a very athletic kid, very good basketball player. Absolutely. Brian. Golden Bears are known as the Spoiler Bears. Uh, defeats Paulding. So Paulding. Uh, oh, tough, so they tough, didn't spoil Paulding someone. Paulding with a tough weekend. <laughs> uh, Brian. Excuse me, Brian wins 40, or 52-49 in overtime. Paulding with a missed three-pointer, three-point attempt at the buzzer was unable to get it to go. Wasion defeats Pettysville 46-41. Wasion has now full control of the NWOAL championship. A win next Friday would give them the NWOAL title. Crestview, um, Convoy Crestview defeats Tenora. Crestview came into the game at 17-2. Uh, defeats Tenora 64-29. Uh, so Crestview just way too much there for Tenora. Uh, Crestview a very good basketball team. Liberty Benton defeats Patrick Henry 47-32 at Patrick Henry. Delta defeats Fairview 30-27. So Delta uh, becoming a very big custom to these low-scoring games that we've been seeing. Uh, this time they were able to come out on the winning end of it. Napoleon defeats Archibald. And this ends their three-game losing streak. Caden Cruz with 19 points, including six. It was a it was a six six dunks. Six dunks for Caden Cruz. Wow. 51-41 was a 61-51 was the final score. Wow. Uh, Blake Wolf. Blake Wolf also had 18 points. Cade Brenner had 20 for Archibald. Evergreen defeats Fayette 59-44. And last but not least, Liberty Center gets a tough road win over the Knights of Otsego, 54-45, to give Liberty Center their third straight victory. Um, Once again, nice job there by Liberty Center, not getting too high on the victories. You beat Liberty Benton, you come in, you beat Lake. Nice job to win on the road against Otsego. Otsego is a tough place to win, so... Uh, kudos there to the Liberty Center boys basketball team. Also just want to point out, uh, this was not a team we cover by any means, uh, but we played him in football, and Adam Turbin, uh, a kid from Port Clinton, and I just think this is funny because his name is spelled T-H-O-R-B-A-H-N, but his name is Turbin. And when I said, I I did the NWOAH, WNWH report for... 103-1 for this playoff game, and I had to I had to ask the lady in the booth, how in the world do you say his name? Because Thorban is how I would think, but his name is Adam Turbin, uh, and he scored a basket in the very opening minutes of the game, and he poured in his 1,343rd career point, which breaks P.J. Colston's school point record of 1,342. So a big congratulations Congratulations to Adam Turbin for breaking the Port Clinton Redskins school record for scoring for basketball. I remember hearing about him going into football into the uh, going against him during the uh, going into the football. Uh, game in the playoffs, and I believe he's signed to play basketball or uh, football somewhere at uh, the next level, of Division Two college. Oh, so nice, yeah. good for him. So. And I believe uh, if you go back and listen to the LC Tiger Sports Live, I think uh, Scott Barrett was getting a lot of messages, or Mark was getting messages about how to pronounce his name correctly. Is that correct, Mike? Mark, dude, I'm telling you, it is. It is. Uh, 
the names that you think are easy are the hardest ones. But the German. ones you think are hardest, I'm telling you. I, 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 hey, hey, I did softball announcing every year whenever we had to play freaking <laughs> Miller City. Pure Good old German. Putnam County names, German, baby. Pure German Good names. Putnam County oh, names. my Lord. The German names are impossible. I'll tell you oh, that. Oh, man. All, All right. right. But so. I just wanted to get that out to you guys. Obviously, we don't cover him. Uh, I cover that team, but. Uh, you know, I think that's really awesome when you're breaking school records and doing that kind of thing, a, a school record that's probably been held there for quite some time. Oh, yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, congratulations once again to Adam Turbin. All right. Now we're on to uh, the main event of this today's episode, the preview episode, the preview of girls basketball presented by AB Perfectionist Painting for all your painting needs called Austin Burdu and the guys at 419-906-1627. And I just want to let you all know that we also have a drywall company called Knock It Out Drywall. So if you need some drywall work done, get a hold of Austin. Uh, he'll get get you guys set up over there. So a lot of big things happen there at AB Perfectionist. Absolutely. So, Phil, let's jump right on in. Well, let's, let's go over quickly. Let's go over quickly the scores from last week. We had Monday, Liberty Center defeated Pettysville 51-25. Emmy Gray with 17 points. Beatrice Barrett chipped in 10 points for the Tigers. Uh, Barrett also had six rebounds, which led Liberty Center. They were up 14-2 after one quarter of play. Tenora defeated Strikers 46-38. Bryan defeats Lake 67-37. The following games are from Tuesday. OG defeated Archibald 59-22. DeFelta, DeFelta, Delta defeats Swanton 40-38. Um, it was Ayersville over Continental. I don't have that score. I apologize. You're fired. Thursday, 2-9. Wasion over Archibald 45-25. Haley Meyer finishes with 15 points and 11 boards. Sophie Roop and Carly Grimm each had six for Archibald. Patrick Henry defeated Delta 56-47 in a very competitive basketball game. For Patrick Henry, freshman Ada Chrisman with 15 points and 12 boards. So a really Dang. big game there from Ada Chrisman, just a freshman. For Delta, Sophia Burris with 12. Liberty Center defeats Evergreen 41-31. And uh, while we got a chance here, uh, just want to run down a couple of those stats for you uh, for the Evergreen game. Isaiah, you were there. Kudos to Evergreen. You know, they they play very yeah, physical uh, half-court defense. Yes. And I really got Liberty Center on their heels a little bit. And I think Liberty Center had to take a step back That's and be like, hey, you know, we, we're going to have to calm down here a little bit. Yes. And we're going to have to play Liberty Center basketball because yeah, so, Evergreen did a really nice job. Yeah, so like in the first in the first half, Evergreen gave the Tigers, uh, the Lady Tigers, an amazing fight. Unbelievable. Played really solid basketball across the board, both both sides. And they got Liberty Center into a very uncomfortable area where they were kind of rushed, uh, forcing a lot of passes all over the place, just throwing the ball everywhere where they're not they're not used to doing. Um, and then in the second half, the th the one problem was with Evergreen is that they didn't have much depth in the be in the bench versus Liberty Center's literally their whole entire bench can can come on and ball out. And uh, in the second half, um, it played a huge role uh, in the and Lady Tigers just pulled away in the second half because with all those rotations and, and with all the players that any girl on the bench can come on in and, and play, 
and and can ball out at any given moment. Um, played a really big role against the Vikings, and uh, the fatigue took over uh, with Evergreen uh, going into the fourth quarter. Uh, and and the tire and the just late tires they just overwhelmed them with no, with numbers and everything. So, and uh, you can clearly tell with uh, Evergreen's uh, Evergreen's uh, play in the uh, second half, it the fatigue wore them down and they were getting, they were getting tired and they started airballing shots, started missing uh, buckets that you usually do not miss at all, uh, and also fouls were starting to pile up also. And leading the way for the Tigers was Emmy Gray with 18 points. Absolutely. And Alyssa Gieske with nine. Oh, Gieseis! Thank you. Uh, and also, uh, you know, Alyssa Gieske, I think, was really the the girl that set the tone for the Tigers Don't in the forget, first that was half. You know, night they, too. That was you know, night. they struggled a little bit, but Gieske was able to get some uh, some moves to the rack uh, and was able to uh, to do a nice job to be able to keep Liberty in that game in the first half. They finished 15 of 43 from the field for 35 percent. Um, Alyssa Gieske finished with seven rebounds. And I just have to say this because her tenacity is exactly what Liberty Center basketball is all about, boys, girls, whatever you want to call it. The Tasmanian Devil, Devil. L. Moeller with seven rebounds. Her and Alyssa, yes. Alyssa Gieske led the team. So when you got a girl like L. Moeller who's five foot two on her tippy toes – you know, in their rebound and leading the team, I think she might be five four, but that's beside <laughs> the point. But when when you have that, you know, it's it's you know you, that's something that you really want. You want your guards to be able to rebound. So Absolutely. good stuff there. Uh, oh yeah, and uh, another thing that I like to this is uh, a note that I wrote down, which I thought was absolutely hilarious. Um, I have never seen a coach ever tell having the she ball. She was extremely just, vocal, just, just dribbling, just dribbling the ball out, just waiting, and um, Coach Davis was. Saying, pass me the ball, pass me the I ball. I have never seen that before. <laughs> and, uh, hey, who was it, Emmy or Haley? Threw the uh, ball right to was, him. Was I've never seen that. It was, I believe it he was said, Haley. He said, ball, throw it to me. And she was and like, what? Wait, do I actually and, throw it to you? And he said, throw me the <laughs> ball. And she just passed it. Like, thank you. Well, you were over there at the table, so I'm sure you probably heard Coach Davis. <laughs> yeah, I'm just actually. sitting there. I'm like, I'm just sitting there just laughing because I thought yeah. he was joking around. No. No. Oh yes. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah so. Yeah, so. Yeah, so he, Coach Davis is just a class act. We'll just call that. We'll yeah, call it what it is. Yeah. And the, yeah, that's the one thing he was subbing right at the end. He was subbing his seniors out. And I thought he was going to use a. I thought he was going to use a time. He didn't out. want to because he yeah. wanted to take them off individually. And you know, I think. Uh, and he told the official too, and the official let him do let him do that. And I think they did a nice job. Evergreen did was really classy about the whole thing. So yeah, the whole thing was just really yeah, cool. Yeah, but, so. but I th- I still thought it was pretty funny though. <laughs> that I've never seen a coach in my whole entire. He passed life. me the ball. I'm pass- wide open. But you know <laughs> what? If it was going to be any coach. It would be Tim Davis because he yeah. was the shooter back in the day, so he probably wanted that shot right there. Because <laughs> he was just sitting there, just dreaming. I think there was like less than like 15 seconds to go. He's like, "Pass me the ball, pass me the ball, pass me the ball," and he gets the ball. Yeah, yeah. So kudos to Coach Davis of honoring the seniors. Right Class the, act, man. Absolutely. Um, right finishing it out. Uh, Brian finishes the year 20 and two. They went over Swanton, who finishes the year 10 and 12. Uh, oh, wow. 58-16 was the final score. Uh, Brian scored 27 points in the second quarter. Antwerp over Tenora, 43-30. Anthony Wayne over Napoleon, 44-39. Anthony Wayne had a big lead. Napoleon chipped back. 
Uh, Michaela Cruz had 14 points. Sovi Chips with 13. And All Brooke, that in a bag of chips. Brooke Bender for Anthony Wynn with 15. Fairview moves to 18-4, and 7-0 and in the GMC, and they defeat Ayersville 60-40 to 40, uh, for the GMC title as Allison Rhodes had 26 points, 11 boards, and Kaylee Dockery for uh, our, our – Excuse me, Ayersville had 16 points. OG, 19-3, 9 9-0, defeated Defiance 48-31 to win their outright WBL title. Uh, this was one of two OG Defiance games that were uh, division or uh, league championship title deciders, so pretty cool. So uh, OGs, both boys and girls, had out, to win defense against Defiance to get – well, OG out. has to win this week once to win an outright, but yep. basically – but they have they have a shot they're gonna of, win. of they're having gonna win. both outright league titles. And then one thing to note, Holgate girls uh, win a share of the BBC title with a 28-17 win over Hilltop. So congratulations to the Holgate Tigers for uh, getting a share of the BBC title. Now. Now. We're on to uh, what we, we were talking about. This is just a thing just for tournaments. The Pretenders. Well, let's or? go to the let's go to oh, the preview first oh, and then do the Pretender oh, Contender. Fine. We have to tell everybody that's playing. True, true. Forgot about that. Go ahead. Fire away. All right. So, um, this is the tournament games. The tournaments are going to be started this week. Most of the games are played on the 16th, uh, and then the 18th is when the sectional final games, most of those take place. Uh, I do not have the locations. Unfortunately, those were extremely hard to find uh, for for me anyway. So, let's start in Division Two. The number two seed, Brian, at 20-2, and 7-0. and Key wins against Liberty Center, and another key win against Patrick Henry, they will play the winner of the seven seed Elida and the eight seeded Kenton team on February 18th at 2:30 p.m. That is once again in Division Two. Also in Division Two, Napoleon nine and thirteen, five and nine in the NLL. They have a bye and will play the winner of the eighth seeded Toledo Woodward and the number one seeded Toledo Central Catholic. On February 18th at 6 p.m., rounding out the Division Two tournament opening round, Wasion as the four seed enters at 12 and 10 with a three and four record, and they will play the winner of the five seed Lake and the seventh seed Toledo Scott on February 18th at 7:30 p.m. Once again, sorry I don't have the locations. Each division is going to be different. If you hear the same date at the same time. Just keep in mind there are different locations for when these games are going on. In Division Three, Liberty Center, the number one overall seed at 19 and three and five and two, with key wins against Fairview and at Wasion, will play the winner of the nine seed Eastwood and the 11 seed Ottawa Hills Green Bears, and that will take place on February 18th. At 7:30. That's the one thing. Uh, just you know, chime in here real quick. Uh, Scott Army. Scott. Uh, Scott Ooh, words. <laughs> words. Scott Army and I are Scott Army are known as the General. Um, he said we may be playing. Uh, we might. Ha- he said most likely we'll play Eastwood, and we and yeah, they may be down, but it's still Eastwood basketball. And you still got to play. I mean, tournament time, you're going to get every team's best shot. So, uh, staying with Division Three. Or, excuse me, just one thing to note here on the Liberty Center Eastwood Ottawa Hills game. Whoever wins that game and plays Liberty Center, that game will be broadcasted on LC Tiger Sports Live 
for you all. So if you are unable to make that game, that is on February 18th. I believe it is on Saturday because the, at 7.30 the next day is uh, the Daytona 500. That's the only reason I know that. Uh, <laughs> uh, so just a heads up for that. Once again, LC, Ti- LC Tiger Sports Live will have that game live uh, for any uh, LC Tiger Sports fans. Delta, the five seed, comes in at 10 and 12, 2 and 5 in the NWAL. They will play the winner of the seventh seed, Northwood, and the eighth seeded Swanton Bulldogs on February 18th at 6 p.m. This could set up the rematch between Delta and Swanton, a victory by the Delta Panthers earlier in the season. Absolutely. Evergreen will come in at the third seed, and they will at 13 and 9 and 2 and 5. They will play the winner of the six-seeded Elmwood Royals and the ten-seeded Genoa Comets. Genoa, Genoa. <laughs> uh, they will play the Comets of Genoa, and that game's going to be on February 18th at 6 p.m. Staying in Division Three, Archbold, the four seed, coming in at nine and thirteen, two and five in the league, will play the two-seeded Van Buren Pirates. Knights, maybe? Knights? Knights. Okay, I, I, Buren, I, it was Knights. one of the two. My uncle used to used to be their head coach for wrestling. Uh, they will play Van Buren in the sectional finals. The eight-seeded Tenora Rams, coming in at twelve and ten, three and four in the GMC, will play the six-seeded Bluffton Pirates. On February 15th, staying with Division Three, rounding out the Division Three, the OG Titans, the number one overall seed at 19 and three, nine and zero in the WBL, will play the winner of the 10th seeded Spencerville and the 12th seeded Paulding Panthers on February 18th at a time that is still to be determined. Really. Moving on and rounding out the tournament schedule for Division Four, the four seed Patrick Henry Patriots at oh Hamler, there you go, uh, Patrick Henry Patriots at eighteen and four, six and one in the league. They will play the tenth seeded North Baltimore team, and that will be on February sixteenth. The three seed, the Striker Panthers from the BBC at sixteen and six, five and two in the league. They will play the 10th-seeded Edgerton on February 15th. And rounding out the tournament lineup for us here is in Division 4, the number two-seeded Ayersville Pilots coming in at 15-6, 4-3 in the GMC. will play the 11th-seeded Hicksville Aces. That, that game hosted. will be on Saturday, Liberty February 16th. And I know for sure that is hosted for the Tigers. Yes, Liberty Center will be hosting a lot of the Division Four tournament games. And yeah, LC, and LC Tiger Sports Live will be streaming that. I believe no commentary. Though. No commentary, unless you know, unless there's some crazy kook out there that wants to do it. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say I raised my hand too. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, so, so we will have all the Liberty Center games. Uh, will all be, sh- or excuse me, all the tournament games that will be taking place at Liberty Center High School uh, will be streamed. It will be streamed online on LC Tiger Sports Live. Um, With no commentary. Well, I don't want to say right. that because Phil might be not busy on Saturday and want to do something. So, <laughs> to so be to be determined and about you a broadcast. Know your scorekeeper, but, me, but, uh, is going will, to be there. In we will have teams up there. So, so uh, let's get into our final segment for today's episode, and that is our pretenders or contenders. Contenders. Con- key tenders. Key tenders. Key tenders. Key tenders. All right, contenders. All right, Phil, what do you got? 
you know, this is tough for me. Um, obviously, it's easier to pick the teams that have, you know, a little bit lower records to be pretenders. Uh-huh. Um, I want to start by going with my contender. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I'm LC biased, so I think they're a contender. But my, my, my biggest contender um, is the Fairview Apaches. Okay. And the reason I say that is because they have the ability to hurt you at more than one level. And what I mean by that is that Kerry Zedike is a fantastic point guard. Mm-hmm. When you come down to the tournament trail, teams want to pressure you mm-hmm. and get you sped up. Kerry Zedike does not do that. Absolutely. And that is one thing that I witnessed against the Liberty Center team that Coach Davis had to call off his full court pressure because the guards from Fairview were doing such a nice job beating it. Absolutely. And which leads to transition layups. Mm-hmm. You have Kelly Kreitz, who averages 13.5 points a game, roughly right around six foot, can extend the floor. Mm-hmm. She can make threes. She can drive to the basket. She can also rebound. And out of a guard in the tournament, mm-hmm. you have to have team rebounding. And I think Fairview does that very well. And then you look at the third piece. And you look at Allison Rhodes, who we just mentioned at 26 and 13 the other night in the GMC title game. Mm-hmm. She's a girl that can score in the post. She can defend a bigger post player. We saw how effective she was against Liberty Center's post players. Absolutely. Not the biggest, but very effective. Our post players are very good. Gisagi, Bland, Gherkin, all those girls are very good in the post with, with their footwork and their with their strengths offensively. The only thing my concern with this Fairview is their bench. I don't know if they get into foul trouble or if they get into a situation um, where they know, need believe, bench players. I, I don't they, know if they have that. I believe Fairview got into some foul trouble when they played the Tigers. Uh, it kind of played a big role. Uh, but they were still still yeah, able to hit some yeah, shots because they, they have hit, shooters. They were still able to hit shots. But the thing is, though, when you get into tournament time, you need to keep your key players available uh, when it comes down to crunch time, uh, when the, right at the end of the game, you need a big shot, and you your start your one player that you know that is there that help you out, and they're out. You yeah, carries. yeah, you guys go to the next man up, but you don't. But like, how deep is Fairview's bench? Is the only questionable part of the uh, for the for the Apaches here. Kerry Zedike for Fairview averages 15.6 points per game and right around five assists per game. And Allison Rhodes for Fairview averages 15 points per game. And she also led the area in field goal percentage with 66% field goal percentage. So they're a team that knows how to score the basketball. And, and I think they could be really, really tough for anybody down the stretch. Okay. Uh, so for me, I'm going to go with the pretender first here. Uh, in my personal opinion, pretender, I think the Evergreen Vikings. Uh, mainly is because uh, Evergreen obviously was on full display there that uh, Evergreen does not have a bench whatsoever. And once their players start getting tired and once they uh, start getting into foul trouble, which Evergreen did get into uh, in early in the late in the fourth in the early in the late side of the second half against the Tigers, and that it and they uh, I. They rarely subbed during the game, and it's kind of obvious. They and they had a bench. They had bench players there. They just didn't sub them in. 
Um, I truly think though, uh, that's gonna if you don't have any players really other than a, if you don't have any other players other than the sixth man coming off the bench, I don't think you're gonna last much. I don't think you're gonna last it's long. Tough to win at this stage. It's, absolutely, it's really hard to win at that t- at that in the tournament stage if you're relying only on six players really. Um, yeah, it's it's in my personal opinion. I may not be a basketball guru, but I don't think that's a winning formula at all. And I and, I, and I'm gonna put Evergreen as my pretender. Uh, you know, to go along with some of my contenders, I think Brian yes, uh, is a Bears, team that's going to be there, yes, and the I think OG Bears. is a team that's going to be there too. So that's Absolutely. why we didn't. That's why I didn't want to pick those. I, you know, I think those were pretty much the obvious ones. Yep. Uh, for my pretender, this was difficult for me, mm-hmm. and I actually couldn't decide on the two. So I'm going to pick two. Okay. Um, and my first one is striker. My second one is Wasion. I agree. I agree. The reason Wasion I was say this pretender there. The reason I say this about Stryker is the Woolis girl is as outstanding. Mm-hmm. She is an outstanding basketball player. Um, let me double-check my notes here. She is averaging 17.9 points per game, uh, including three-and-a-half steals per game. Mm-hmm. Uh, a very good player. When you get to the tournament, it's hard to rely on one player because tournament basketball, teams are going to do anything in their power uh, to take away their, go-to player. their strengths. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and this is where one, I that's think that's the one thing with Brian. I'm sorry. To no, you're good. Interrupt. But that's the one thing with Brian. They have everything you can ask for for a team across the board on the bench. They have everything. So it's literally pick your poison. Really, you go. You you take that. They go with this. You take that. They go with that. You you just you have. It's hard to the, guard against the Lady Bears. And I want to give credit to where credits due. Todd Grosstreet. Todd Grossjean does a fantastic job. Very well disciplined over there team with too. Brian. Very disciplined. Um, in case you guys haven't heard us, they're fourth straight in WOL championship. Uh, so see, things are obviously going there. And then I want to go to my other pretender, and I think that's Wasion. Um, contender, right for Brian? Pretend? No, no, no. My contender was Fairview. Fairview. My pretenders tied are Striker and Wasion, and I think it's the same thing along the lines with Wasion. Uh, not a super deep team, no. and if Haley Myers not able to get going or she struggles a little bit, I think they as a team struggle too. Yeah, so uh, yeah. I think those are my things. Uh, my the, contender is Fairview, and my pretenders are Stryker and Wasion. Absolutely. So obviously, my contender was going to be Brian, and we already ju- we just talked about them. Uh, in my personal opinion, obviously not doing. Try not to be biased. I think I believe the Lady Tigers. Uh, as my, I'm going to take the Lady Tigers as my contender. Uh, it's just that this team is built uh, very well, very deep in the bench. But honestly, obviously, there's a few question marks there when when the when the, the shooting when the shooting is not going, uh, they can struggle there. Uh, the if they're rushed, like and, and it's been on an example many times now that if they're rushed, they start making poor passes. They start throwing the ball out of bounces and in, in the wor- at the worst possible times. And when they do get a stop, um, they je- they us- not usually, but it's been on it's been on display throughout the season. Once they get that one stop, they turn they turn the ball right on over. Im- immediately after they got that that stop that they needed. In my personal opinion, it's just that the turnovers and the um, – Costly and, turnovers. And costly turnovers and being rushed are the only – in my personal opinion, are the two question marks 
and may, and shooting depending how they're doing, th- uh, depending how they're doing there. Well, it'll be nice to get Kaylee Blanton back. Uh, you know, she's missed the last couple games due to some illness. Uh, okay. So yep. it's going to be really nice to have her back. You know, she's a girl that shoots 57% from the field, mm-hmm. rebounds very well, can hit free throws. So, and that's, uh, she's that's a very, another thing. Another she's question a very mark, crucial part. Uh, the free where are the free throws? Uh, could possibly play a big role uh, in der- down the tournament trail. So really, the question marks are just the small are just small ones, but also very key. Uh, turnovers, being rushed, free throws are the three are the three question marks there. But I think Coach Davis is I believe they they work on that a lot uh, going into the tournament time, and obviously uh, Davis is doing an amazing job, and this is. What the best start in Lady Tiger history? For they basketball? were they are one win away from the greatest um, regular season or the greatest season in Tiger Tiger basketball program. Twenty wins, twenty twenty wins was the most. All right. So, so do uh, just else? a couple, just a couple of things for you guys. Obviously, this one was a, this episode was a little bit longer. Next next week might be around the same thing. Uh, we will have our boys tournament preview for next week. Next week also, also pro- we'll have our top area girls players. The Militia our, All-Star team. The, the Enzo Militia All-Star team for both girls and boys. We will have 20 players. And then uh, if CJ is able to join us next week, um, we'll, we'll do uh, like a fantasy draft. And we'll draft our first team, second team, third team for uh, Enzo Militia. Just some fun for us here. Uh, and obviously we put in some time too. So, uh, you know, we want to have a little bit of fun here too. But, uh, you know, tournament's going to be picking up. And this will um, also be the first establish, establishment of the All Star the Militia All Stars. And uh, just keep in mind, we have Napoleon, or sorry, bowling districts going on. We will have ladies tournament action getting going. We will conclude the boys season, uh, and we'll get those tournaments going for you. And you know, Isaiah, it's hard to believe that we're already uh, talking uh, about spring sports getting set up, yes, and, and we uh, we're talking about baseball season and track. Yep, and, and we'll be. Bring, possibly some bringing some new faces to help us out uh, going into the spring season. Awesome. Looking and also, to that. also uh, our merchandise. I got an update from our guy, and we are almost done awesome. with the merchandising uh, aspect. And uh, we're looking very forward to debuting it, and uh, hopefully someone gets and, them. And <laughs> for some, some, for some reason, I, I think I forgot to mention, but uh, just one last shout-out, Landon Brewer. Caden Zachrich and Jerry Easter Jr., all three of those young men, um, scoring their 1,000th career point this weekend. Yep. So, uh, big congratulations to all those young men. Um, obviously, we played against the Emmanuel Christian kid and, yep. you know, didn't get to play against the Defiance kid, but good stuff there. So, all right. So, with that being said, uh, shout out to our sponsors here uh, with Swant and Welding, providing uh, custom welding and fabrication services since 1956. Swant and Welding is not just a fabricator. They are a partner in the success of your future services. Uh, shout out to Pro Day Performances with uh, Jordan Burdue and Dorian Hooker and Mr. Field Goal himself, Josh Martin. Shout out to Meyer Bainhop Insurance, servicing the people in Northwest Ohio since 1933. Call them for all your insurance needs. Uh, AB Perfectionist Painting for all your painting needs. Call Austin Burdue and the guys at 419-906-1627. You can also send him an email at abperfectionistpainting at gmail.com. And last but not least, actually, our actually, last, got, two, but last least. two but not least, shout out to Mark Bly and LC Tiger Sports Live to uh, provide. Let's, the hey, studio. we got to add a name to that. I, I know Mark might yell at me for this, but we got to add 
Digger Barnes. To Shut the up, LC Tigers. Digger! We got to add Kenny Digger Barnes to the list of LC Tiger Sports Live people to say thank you to. So absolutely. And Three Chord Studios with Shane Hollenball. Sign it, screen it, sew it, print it. And with that, so with that being said, I'm your host Isaiah Markle, and I'm your co-host the Snowman. And just remember that stats are cool. And this is End Zone Militia. And just remember, folks, there are no end zones in basketball. Not one.